And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with me today is Dr. Gary North. He's the Director of Curriculum Development for the Ron Paul Curriculum, a homeschool online curriculum. Dr. North, it's great to have you with us. I'm glad we can get together. You know, uh, in in the media we're hearing a lot, uh, or I'm hearing a lot anyway, about Common Core. And uh, some of us don't really know too much about what that is. And so today's discussion is answering that question, uh, what is it, uh, where did it come from, what's its goals and content, and, and a possible response to it, an alternative, if you will. So, Dr. North, could you get us started today? Well, the basic fact about it is that the federal government handed out over $4 billion in 2009, which was at the bottom of the recession, and states were desperate. And there was a quid pro quo with the Obama administration, and that was if the states would accept the Common Core curriculum officially, then the states would be given large grants of money to implement it. And so most of the governors involved took the bait and adopted officially the Common Core curriculum. Now, that didn't mean it was implemented. Implementation is always more difficult bureaucratically than getting an agreement on paper. But huge amounts of money were involved, and the governors were desperate in that year, and so they didn't know anything about it. But the program had a lot of famous people in the educational world and the business world promoting it, most notably Bill Gates. And so they adopted Common Core Standards, they are called. Now, this has been attempted time and time again in the past, most notably one of the classic failures really ever in public education was in the late 1960s with the new math. And that backfired so badly that the history studies simply dropped that baby down the memory hole. There's almost no trace of it. It was such a complete failure. In mathematics, this is a resurrection of the new math program of the late 1960s. And the main goal, though they won't tell you this, is to separate the parent from the child and to make certain that the child cannot be instructed by the parent. One of the members of the faculty of the Ron Paul curriculum teaches engineering at a university. And he initially thought that the Common Core was a good idea. And then his second-grader son came home with some test questions to be solved by means of the Common Core math approach. My friend said in in very clear terms he couldn't figure it out. And yet he teaches physics on the site and teaches engineering at a university. So it separated a professor of engineering from a second-grader in terms of being able to explain the mathematical principles involved. I would say that's an extremely successful program for separating parents from the children. That, I think, is the basic structure of it. That's the goal of it. It's supposedly to create national standards, which will enable local school districts to impose a national examination system run through the states and that this examination system is supposed to make certain that the local schools 
are performing effectively in teaching children. And what it's going to amount to is that millions of children are going to fail these standard tests, and there's going to be a parental uprising across the country. The whole thing is going to be scrapped. That's my prediction, because the parents won't tolerate it. But it's going to lead to billions of dollars of wasted money and probably four or five years of a generation of students who come into the primary grades under this monstrosity who may or may not ever get back on track. That's the basic summary. Mm. Well, that's very helpful. It's a, it's a red flag to me when I hear uh, parents being separated from their children uh, in terms of the education and, and the parents' control over that education. To me, that's scary. Well, that's been the basic thrust of public education from the beginning. The two great books on American public education, they're different, but they're, they're good compliments. One is Rush Dooney's book, The Messianic Character of American Education, and it is the most detailed study ever written of the philosophy of the approximately three dozen founders of public school education in America. Detailed, heavily footnoted, primary source citations on exactly what they wanted to do. And they wanted it to reform all morality in America, transform the society through education, in the same way that the churches had once had the same goal. And the other book, great book, is The Underground History of American Education by John Taylor Gatto. Both of these books you can get, if you want it, online for free, but I don't think most people like to read online and print out stuff. Gatto, instead of following the ideology, followed the money. He said, who put up the money for the educational system in the late 19th century? What was the driving force behind it? And he concluded, I think, with a lot of effective evidence, that it was large business conglomerates that wanted trained, but basically uncritical workers to go into the factories and into middle management of the corporations. And he said, they're the ones who got what they wanted by basically helping to fund the public education systems. So if you read those two books together, you'll have a very, very good overview of what has been behind the public school movement literally from the beginning. I think my favorite example is this. The last state to abolish tax support of churches was Massachusetts, and that was in 1833. Four years later, Massachusetts set up the first state board of education and began funding the takeover of education in the state, which effectively reestablished the churches, except they weren't congregational churches. They were basically Unitarian churches, and the state then restructured the whole educational system to conform with basically liberal Unitarianism. Of course, it's gone way, way, way beyond that since then. But that was your basic move. They substituted one tax-funded priesthood for another tax-funded priesthood. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a mistake from day one in both cases. There is, um, I think you're getting at it here, Dr. North, there is a religious aspect to education? Well, that's the, that's the basic premise of the Christian school movement, 
But really, it was the basic premise of the public school movement, and that's why Rush Dini's book is so important, because he shows you figure by figure, founder by founder, how religious the goals were for the public schools in transforming human nature. And it, these were deeply religious institutions, and they remain deeply religious institutions. There is no neutrality in education. There are first principles which are accepted on faith and are defended by the founders. And parents have this moral responsibility to see to it that the education which they delegate to specialists is consistent with what the parent has as his or her first principles of morality, education, religion, time, history, whatever. I like to say it's the five issues of God, man, law, sanctions, and time. And every social philosophy has to deal with those five issues of God, man, law, sanctions, and time. And what the public schools have done is to conceal the intensely religious presuppositions that they have used from the beginning to teach the children with respect to God, man, law, sanctions, in other words, causation, and time. And it's a war, it's a battlefield, and unfortunately the battlefield is much better understood by the founders of modern public education than it is by the Christians who send their kids into the system. Another concern I had is um, something you hit at also, and that is um, a cookie-cutter approach. Um, We had four children, we have four children, each of them went different ways. Each of them had different skills and passions and interests. Uh, I'm concerned that um, the Common Core is um, promoting a, a cookie-cutter approach. Well, ultimately, every curriculum has to adopt it to some extent. There's a fight over which is the best cookie-cutter. But unless remember, ultimately... The schools came into existence because only rich people could afford tutors. And so a group of parents basically got together and said, let's share a tutor and bring down the cost of the tutor. And that moved into public education, especially in Germany. But even if you're going to talk about the founding of the universities in the 12th and 13th century, there had to be some structure and the famous one, which is a pretty accurate one with respect to medieval university, was the trivium, which was grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And still, every grammatical system, every system of education for fundamentals of primary school have got to have some kind of basic understanding, such as how do you sound out letters? How do you blend letters to sound out words? And if you don't like that, which public schools don't like, then it's how do you recognize all these words in one glance, the so-called look-say system of reading. But the key issue is, as the parent decides with each child what's the best deal for this child, then the parent is supposed to be in a position to make the decision of either finding a new curriculum or modifying the existing curriculum so as to meet the needs of a particular child. And the parent is in the house one-on-one with the child and the children 
And the parent has to make judgments, as best the parent can, about what kind of curriculum is going to work best for each of the children. And as you've said, no one size fits all, which is why parents have to do modifications. If a particular course is not being taught so that one of the children can grasp it, then the parent has to scramble to find some other approach which a particular child will respond to better. And the public schools do not want parents involved in that decision-making process. That's a good point. I'm very interested in your um, homeschool online curriculum, Dr. North. Uh, You're director of the curriculum development with Ron Paul. Could you explain what you're doing there? I'd like to learn more about that. Well, the pioneer in this, fortunately, was not a professional educator. It's a man named Salman Khan. And a little under 10 years ago, he started teaching his nieces and nephews mathematics. He's an MIT graduate. And they weren't doing real well, so he said, well, look, I'll put them on YouTube. Just watch the video. And so he began putting the materials on YouTube, and one of the nieces, I think, said, gee, Uncle Sal, you're better on YouTube than you are in person. And that's when he began to figure it out. So he had about 800 of these lessons from 1 plus 1 equals 2 to calculus, free of charge for anybody to use. And it began to spread. Word began to spread. And he began to think about the possibility of creating a comprehensive curriculum. And he got some funding, and then Bill Gates got involved. Now, the, the problem with Khan's curriculum was not the original video. The videos were just Uncle Sal teaching his nieces and nephews how to do math. And they were good videos, and they are good videos. The problem is Gates came in, began putting up money, and they went out to hire specialists in educational testing. And Gates then said, let's get the testing mechanism systematic with Common Core. So the videos are not Common Core, but the testing is Common Core, and the structuring of the new improved website is Common Core. That's the problem. Now, I looked at this, and I've been thinking about this for 50 years. I basically came up with this concept about 50 years ago, uh, 1960, essentially. And what I figured out was, at the time, you need to tie the educational curriculum at the high school level to the history of Western civilization. And then, having established not just one year, but at least two years in high school of a Western civilization program, then I concluded, and this was all in 1960, that you need a parallel course in the history of Western literature. Now, quite frankly, it would be great if you could have a parallel course in the history of Western political philosophy and Western basic philosophy and Western church history. All of those would be great, but you can't do that at the high school level. So I went to Thomas Woods, Dr. Tom Woods, who is an exceptional writer, best-selling author, wrote a book called Meltdown, which excellent analysis of what happened in 2008-2009. 
but he has a Ph.D. out of Columbia. And I said, do you want to teach the Western Civ classes online through videos? And he agreed. So then I said, okay, I'll teach four years of English. And two years of that will be tied to the history of Western civilization. So in other words, you have an integrated curriculum at the high school level where the literature is reinforcing the history so the students can make better sense of the history by means of the literature and vice versa. And then with the core of our core curriculum being the history of Western civilization at the high school level, then I went out to find people who could teach it at grades 6 through 8, both English and Western history, at a somewhat reduced level, you know, not, not quite so academically rigorous. And then I got the usual science teachers. We're going to teach uh, business. And I recognized, and this is fundamental, this is what makes this curriculum different from anything that's out there. I recognized that the junior year, students are going to make a decision. And they're not allowed to make the decision in the standard homeschool curriculum materials because there are not enough of the materials available because they're all printed and they're too expensive to produce. But online, you can do whatever you want, and it's practically free. So at the junior year, the student decides, does he want to go into natural sciences, which means he has to go math through calculus, and he has to have chemistry and physics. Does the student want to go social sciences and humanities, in which case he takes extra courses in history and he concentrates on writing extensively? And so there's a weekly writing assignment for these courses. Every week the student has to turn in a paper and post the paper on his own blog site so that his parents can see it and other students can see it. And then the third track is home business. And some parents want to have their kids on a non-college track, and so they want the kid at high school graduation time to have his own home business. So that's the third track which we make available to students. So the students have three decisions, three ways they can go in the junior year. Now, conceivably, the parent could keep the kid in school an extra year and take the other courses, too. That would be ideal, but I don't think most parents are going to do it. Okay, very helpful. Suppose we got a parent out there today who's listening and is interested in this curriculum. Where would he or she go to explore about it? Well, you just go to www.ronpaulcurriculum.com, and you'll see the courses that are available. You'll have introductory videos on the courses, which will explain what each course offers. The program is fairly comprehensive from sixth grade up. We are adding video teaching grades one through five next year. This year you can get the basic reading materials free of charge. So grades one through five, the material, the reading courses are available, and also we're tied to the ancient, ancient curriculum called Ray's Arithmetic, which was the parallel to the McGuffey readers in the late 19th century. And all of those books are available free of charge for downloading. 
just print them out for teaching kids mathematics all the way up through fifth grade. So the parent can do it free of charge, grades one through five. Now, next year we're going to add the video lessons and uh, other testing materials. So that will then no longer be free, but at least up until August of this year, parents can download the material from grades one through five for free. And we keep the price down. It's $250 basic tuition, and then it's it's a la carte. It's $50 a course for however many courses you want for the student. Now, we also recommend that the student not go to college. We recommend that the student get a college degree but not go. And so what we do is show parents how the student can stay at home the whole year, the whole time, and graduate from a four-year accredited college or university at home for a total price of under $15,000. And one of the instructors that we have who teaches what we call the the uh, CLEP classes or AP classes on how to beat the exams, he graduated from college with an accredited degree in business in the month that he turned 18. And the total cost to him personally was under $11,000, and he was finished with higher education at 18, done. That's that's absolutely remarkable. <laughs> yeah, but why would you pay? Why do you want to send your child off to Bula land where every conceivable temptation is given to the child, and you, you do this with out-of-pocket after-tax resources, of anywhere from fifty thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the kid takes, on average, these days, five years to get the degree. And when he gets out, unless he's majored in engineering, he's unemployable anyway. Mm, so true. So why not have the kid work at McDonald's and pay for his whole education, and then cut a deal with him? Say, look, kid, you get your BA on your nickel. I'll write you a check for $25,000 to start a business, take a trip, put a down payment on a house, go to graduate school, whatever. Well, parent putting up $25,000 on a done deal when the kid already has a BA, isn't that a better deal for everybody concerned, (laughs) including the kid? But I'm afraid most parents don't want to do it this way. They want to go through the standard approach, and it is... Essentially, the parent says, I'm going to skip my retirement investment for four years per kid. Doesn't make sense to me. No. We're almost to the end of our discussion today. Dr. North is my guest. We're talking about the Ron Paul homeschool curriculum, and we got into this by talking first about the Common Core curriculum that's being pushed in the public school system. Uh, Dr. North, maybe two minutes, uh, wrap up some thoughts and also any references you'd like to give to websites and that sort of thing. Well, the basic program is at www.ronpaulcurriculum.com. You can see whatever you need to see about what is available for the students, and that will increase over the next year and a half. But at least for most of high school, certainly through the 11th grade, the student is able to get online right now and take the basic courses. 
in terms of reading about Common Core, you don't have to go very far. You just get on a search engine, search for Common Core, and maybe you add the word problems, or you add the word, I suppose you could say, defects, or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And search diligently and find out what the program is, and then you have to make a decision, and that is, why would you want your child subjected to that course, especially since most of the math teachers in the public schools have never learned math this way, and they're going to be at least as confused as the students. (laughs) So it failed with new math in the late 1960s. It's going to fail again. The problem is, in the meantime, it's going to cost billions of dollars, and it may take four or five years out of your child's life, and I don't rem- I just don't recommend it. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Dr. North, for joining us today here on A Plain Answer. We've been talking about Common Core and also the Ron Paul curriculum, a homeschool online curriculum, and uh, you've been working very diligently in developing that, and thank you very much, Dr. North, for joining us today. All right, very good. I hope this will be helpful to parents. I'm sure it will be, and... Uh, Dear parent, you can hear this as a podcast if you only caught part of the main broadcast. Up on our website, we're at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Quick reminder, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.